You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Amen, church. Celebrate right there. You celebrate. What a powerful, powerful anthem as we move into a new year with new possibilities and new hopes and new dreams and new things that we're believing God for. That the reason why we can count on him to move in the future is because we've constantly seen him move in the past. Amen, somebody. Come on. And today, as we gather together, we hope that you're here ready to receive something that God has designed specifically for you. And so together, let's look at Romans chapter 12. I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Father, thank you that you have allowed us once again to gather under this roof. Thank you that there are lives in this room today that are on all places of the faith spectrum. There are people here today that, Lord, they're, they're looking for you, they're searching for you, and they don't even know it. They're, they know that there's something missing in their lives, and they've been trying to fill that void with so many other things, and something has just drawn them into this room today, and they're not really sure what to do or how to, to make sense of all this. And, Father, I pray that everything that happens during this time, you would just reveal yourself to them, that this is not about me or this team or this band or anybody here. It's about them getting their away from their normal pace of life and coming here and being open to a God that created them and loves them and I pray that you would just show yourself to them Lord and God I pray that you would help us all just to be ready to receive from your word whatever you have for us today God Lord I have nothing good to offer these people but Lord I know your word does and I know you do and I know your Holy Spirit is here and I know that there's something that you want to accomplish in our lives today and I pray that you would just help me not to mess that up but just be a facilitator of your spirit today And God, we'll give you praise for all the lives that are going to be changed because we believe lives will be changed today. That we can't gather in your name and focus on you and powerful things not happen. And so God, just as you've shown up in this room time after time, show up again and change us. Move us closer to the people that you created us to be and we'll give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people declare together, amen and amen. Will you just give him one more shout of praise this morning? Amen. Turn around and greet somebody, and then you can have a seat. Turn around and say hello. Greet your church family. Let them know that you're excited to be worshiping alongside them today. Awesome to be in the house of God together, praising Him, worshiping Him, experiencing something new together from God's Word today. Amen. 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 Amen, church.
Let me hear you out. You out there? Amen? You ain't all froze up on me, are you? Give me just one more shout of praise so I know that you're here, that you're alive. I guarantee you, like, the, the more you say amen, the warmer you'll be. Now, I know that doesn't make sense, and it's not scientifically proven, but I need you to trust me. I'm your pastor. I love you. So when you say amen, your, your body temperature will go up three degrees. Amen. Well, I need to say this every week. <laughs> Welcome to Venice Church. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Matt. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, uh, I get the honor of being one of the pastors here at Vintage. And welcome to just a place where we think God's doing really cool things. Yeah, amen. Um, and just believing that he has greater things in our future. It's the first Sunday of 2018, so let me hopefully like be the last person to wish you Happy New Year, because there's got to be a cutoff, right? Like, if you see people after, like, today, and they say Happy New Year, like, throat punch them, because, like, it's too late. I wish you have said that, you know. Um, I don't know what the cutoff date is. Like, if you don't see somebody in the New Year till like, March, can they still say Happy New Year? I why am I talking about this? It does not matter. Um, anyway, we are in a series right now that we're calling Routine Resolution. And it's built on the passage of Scripture that I just opened up with. Romans chapter 12. Where Paul opens this chapter in verse 1, he's challenging us. He says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And like basically, he's giving us, those of us who have decided to follow Jesus, and let me just say, I know there's a lot of people in this room today, and I won't assume that everybody is saved. And I know there's probably people in the room that, that you, you don't know why you're here, or somebody drug you here, and that kind of stuff. And let me just say, no matter where you are on your faith spectrum, welcome to a place that's going to love you where you are. Amen. You can clap for that. Celebrate that. We're going to love you where you are and love you enough not to leave you there because we believe God has more for your life. So you can celebrate that too and say amen, church. We think God has plans for your life. He loves you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. Things he wants to do in you and form you into the person he created you to be, which would be the greatest journey of your life. Sermon over. Let's go home. But we're talking about like that's a goal. Like basically Paul's giving us a resolution, if you will, something to aim at. And I know we're here at this, this beginning of a new year, and resolutions are things that get thrown around a lot. And some of us are very, like, anti-resolution. And most of the time, the reason for that is because we are really good at not keeping those resolutions. Anybody ever fail at a resolution? If your hand is not up, you've either never made one or you are a liar. Like, we've all set resolutions. And, and you know, I know I, we can get a bad taste in our mouth for that whole thing. But I, I believe in setting goals. Because I said last week, if you aim at nothing, you'll always hit it. Yeah, let that seep in a little bit. It's okay. It's cold. Your brain ain't working fast. Like, if you aim at nothing, you always hit it. So I think we should set goals. Because in Christ, the best is always in front of us, Right? Like, God always has better things for our future than he had for our past. That's how God works. That's the kind of good God that he is. He always has good things in front of us, so we, so we need to set goals. But last week, I challenged you as we looked into this passage of Scripture that, that it's not about the resolution. And you don't need another resolution. You need a new routine. Because the most well-intentioned resolution without the right routine will never produce the right results. And the problem is we set resolutions but we never do the hard work to lay out a routine that will allow us to achieve that resolution. And so this year, you don't need another resolution. You need a new routine. So whatever goal, whatever thing it is you're setting for your life, for your finances, for your marriage, for your job, for, like 
picture that thing, but then work hard to say, all right, what's the routine that's going to lead me to achieving that result that I hope for in that resolution? And I challenged us, like, let's let the routine be the resolution, that we're going to commit to a, re- a routine that will lead us to the resolution so it'll produ- produce the result that we want. And maybe, just maybe, 2018 will be different. And I hope you're excited because I, be- I believe 2018 is going to be different. I-, I don't know that I've ever walked into a year with so much excitement. And I know there's a lot of things happening in our church that create that. I mean, just, again, the fact that as I stand here, we're just literally weeks away to moving into the building we've been praying for for seven years. It's awesome. Next Sunday, my hope is to stand up here and give you a definitive date of when we will be moving. And it will not be far away. I could give you that date now, but we're not quite sure yet. And so uh, next week, be ready to hear a date because it's, it's coming really, really soon. But, and so I know you probably look at me like, Matt, well, it's really easy for you to be excited about 2018 because you've got all these good things happening. But if you know how jacked up my life is, if you, or if you knew how terrible my 2017 is or was, like you, you wouldn't. But again, I think it goes back to, I think what we're going to talk about today is going to help change everything. Today may be the most important message I preach until next Sunday. <laughs> you know, preachers always think their best message will be the next one, right? But what I want to dive, because see, some of us have already think, some of us kind of already made that decision. Matt, like basically you're just trying to play like some kind of Jedi mind trick on me because all you're doing is giving me something else to fail out, fail at. Like I failed at my resolutions, but I'm also really good at failing at my routines because do you know how many times I've set a routine that lasted for about three days? And so all you're doing is giving me one more thing to quit. And what I want us to do, I want us to dive back into God's word. And I think because Paul gives us something here that I think is absolutely vital to change. Like if we're going to follow through on the routine that will produce the result of the resolution, then we have to do something that Paul says is absolutely key to change in our lives. Go back into the scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter 12 Pick back up with verse 2. Again, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So Paul's saying, like, there's a pattern. There's a routine that the world's going to try to draw you in. And whether you like it or not, you're always living in some form of routine. Amen? Like, no routine is a routine. And Paul's saying, don't conform. Say, there's going to be a pattern. There's going to be a routine that the world tries to draw you into. And if you allow that to happen, that routine, that pattern will never produce the results that he's talking about in Romans 12. Like, if your desire is to be a living sacrifice, if your desire is to, to live consistently connected in relationship with God, it requires a certain pattern of life, a certain routine to keep that healthy. You track with him and say amen? And he's saying, don't, but beware. Because the world has a pattern too. And it's going to constantly be, anybody ever feel kind of the, the gravity of the pattern of the world trying to draw you in? Amen? Like you feel it, you see it happening every day. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern. And then the very next thing he says is so important. Because he gives us the key to changing the pattern. I told you last week, to fix the problem, you got to change the pattern. Well, Paul then gives us, like, the, the, his next sentence is the key to unlocking a change in the pattern. 
Look what he says. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Boom. He just gave us the secret. He says, don't conform to the pattern, but be transformed by the changing of your habits. Y'all can read. He didn't say that. Like that, that's kind of what we do though, right? That's what we think. The, the key to it is just replacing one pattern with another pattern. Come on, you with me? Say amen. Like that's what we believe. But notice that's not what Paul says. He doesn't say write down a really good routine next. Like the next thing you need to do is develop a, a, a different routine and just commit to it. He says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, Paul's trying to get us to understand something really important here. That before we can ever change how we behave, we're going to have to change how we think. Before we can ever change how we behave, we're going to have to change how we think. To change the pattern, you've got to change perspective. Come on. To change the pattern, you're going to have to change your perspective. Because how you approach the pattern will be all determined on how you perceive it. And if you try to create a new pattern without changing your perspective, nothing of any real significance will ever happen. You with me, church? Because see, how you see it will shape how you, how you go after it. You've got to change your pattern, but you've got to change your perspective. Your perspective is going to shape how you approach the pattern. Let me know you with me one more time. Say amen. Like Paul's saying, like this whole do not conform, this whole shift in routine, it begins with a shift in thinking. This whole shift in pattern begins with a shift in perspective. And the problem is, so many of us are going to try to change the pattern with the same old perspective. See, there's some people, like physically, your body moved into 2018. But mentally, you're still thinking like it's 2001 or 1998 or 1968. And what you're doing is you're trying to get your body, you're trying to get into a routine in 2008. But when mentally you're still stuck where you were, you're never going to get to where you need to be. It's good preaching, Greg. It's good preaching. And see, that's how most of us are doing like, like we can, we can design, We can develop the right routine. We can, we can develop the right pattern that will lead us, but if our perspective on that pattern doesn't change, then we'll never commit to it, we'll never follow through with it, and nothing will ever be different. Because, see, some of us, like, just take it into, like, like, the routine that it takes to get physically healthy. It ain't fun. Anybody tell you they like it, they're crazy. Sometimes, I mean, like, eating the right things and working out, and this is what our problem is. Our perspective is, this is awful. I hate this. I don't want to go there. This tastes like crap. <laughs> Anybody ever found that, like, if that's your perspective, typically for me, my perspective will determine my experience. If you come here every Sunday thinking, well, I'm just going to sit there one again, the music's going to be too loud, the lights are going to be in my face, <laughs> it's going to be cold. 
Like if you walk in with that perspective, there's a good chance you're going to sit through this entire experience and not get anything out of it. See, the problem is so often we don't get the fact that our, our perspective is impacting the pattern. And the other bad thing is so often we let the pattern shape our perspective. Come on. Like, well, she has a pattern of being mean to me. And so every time I see her, my perspective is going to be that she's going to be mean to me. And so I'm going to already go in expecting her to be mean to me, and I'm going to be mean first. (laughs) Come on. It's getting real up in church today. And so often the reason why we can't break the pattern is because we've let the pattern lock us into a perspective that is keeping us from moving forward. I see it in relationships all the time. When you get in, when when you let somebody's pattern, and maybe it's justifiable, their pattern has created distrust. So your perspective in every conversation is, that girl is lying, I know he is. You never believe, come on, are you making sense? And I'm not saying that you dismiss reality. I'm not saying you let people, that you have to understand how people, but are we connected, are we making sense? So often, so much of our life we miss on and we get stuck in the same old pattern because we have the same old perspective. And if 2018 is going to be different for you and me, we can, we, we can lay out the perfect routine for change. But if we don't approach it with the right perspective, if the way we think about it doesn't shift, it still will not produce the right result. And Scripture warns us about our thinking, Genesis to Revelation, and the, and the value that our thinking has on all of this. Like Luke chapter 10, verse 27, remember when Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Like when we go after God, it's not just about the habits. We can have all the right habits, we can have all the right intentions and all that kind of stuff, but he says, love him with all your strength, all your soul, and all your mind. Like there's something that's going to have to shift in the way that you think if you're going to love God and pursue God the way he wants to be loved and pursued. Ephesians chapter 4, start with verse 22, says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. You see that? You were taught like there needs to be a shift in the pattern. There needs to be a change. But look what he says in verse 23. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. To put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you see? It's like there's this, there's this change. There's this newness that's going to happen in your life. But that newness, is not brought, that newness in behavior is not brought on without a change in thinking. Or what about this? Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, sometimes I think it would be cool to have some type of machine that could record what everybody thinks. But then I think I would never want to hear that. But what if we did that? What if we just said, all right, this week, as you've moved throughout the last seven days, we've had a device recording every one of your thoughts. In just a moment, we're going to play it over the loudspeakers. Name it. Oh, to y'all are like, oh, no. My husband's in here. I'll make him leave. 
But let me just add, like if, if we just played it and then we said, okay, write down adjectives that describe the thoughts of what you just heard, what would yours be? Would they be, would they be noble and right and pure and lovely? Can I be, I'll be transparent. Mine would be stressful and annoyed and frustrated and angry. Y'all stop judging me. These are yours too. I feel the judgment as I'm saying these. But Paul's saying like, like you got to think about these things because here, because if in, if what's going to happen next, if if, if there's going to be any possibility for you to do this, what you have learned or received or heard from me or seen to me, put into practice, and the peace and the God of peace will be with you. Like he's saying, like if if that way of thinking hasn't changed, then the practices, the patterns, the things that you're supposed to be doing, they're never going to happen. So there's a reason why he talks about practice after he talks about perception. Come on, are you tracking with me? He's saying, like, there's going to have to be a way that you think, a way that you, uh, a change in your mind, a shift in your perspective before anything is altered in the pattern. So you're going to have to change the way that you think. Change your pattern. To change your pattern, you're going to have to change your perspective. But here's the thing. To change your perspective, you're going to have to correct your mindset. Mindset. You ever notice how often in Scripture that phrase is mentioned? Like, if you're going to change your perspective, you, you, you got, you're going to have to set your mind. You're going to have to correct your mindset. Check out Romans 5. Start with verse 5. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Wow. Philippians 2.5. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how different our relationships would be if we set our minds like the mind of Jesus in all of our relational encounters? Wow. But you notice what he says, you have to have the same mindset. Again, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. See, if perspective impacts pattern, then to have the right perspective, we got to correct the mindset. In other words, we have to intentionally set our minds in the right way. You know what that says to me? If, if, if all in Scripture says you have to set your minds, that means then the natural way that we think will be contrary to what God's best will be in our lives. Amen? So, like, you've got, to, you, you've got to set your mind toward that because your natural bend in the way that you think is not in that way. Like, I think we tend to think more selfishly than we do unselfishly. I think our natural mindset is greedy, not generous. Anybody agree? Anybody with me? Like, our natural mindset is something different than what God desires and if our perspective, the way that we think, and so that it can change the pattern of how we live and behave, if it's going to shift, if our perspective is going to change, then we have to do something to intentionally set our minds. And mindset is not a singular event. It's a moment-by-moment -moment decision. It's not like, you know, I think sometimes in the Christian faith, we think, we think more kind of event, like 
like our salvation is just this one thing that happened when we said this one prayer, not something that God's constantly doing in and through us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And it's like, you know what, you can set, you know what, you can set your mind in the morning, but by lunch, she gone. Like it's different. You go into work and like you experience this bad thing and that, but there's, there's things constantly trying to get your mind to drift off the mindset that's God honoring and God controlled back into those fleshy type things. Anybody with me? Like mindset, it's funny, like I, I, I read all kinds of studies about thinking and mindset and that kind of stuff, and it really just overwhelmed me. I mean, literally, like we, we now have the attention span of a gnat. And like everything is designed around it. Like you remember, like if you ever watch a sitcom, like a, a TV show, really there's only about maybe 22 minutes of that actual TV show on in a 30-minute TV show. Because there's advertisements. And, you know, they strategically put in advertisements about every eight minutes. Because after eight minutes, you're no longer paying attention. And you need something to break and then regain that consciousness of that thing. That is crazy. And I'm up here trying to preach for 40 minutes. So now we'll go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. And, and even like how, how our minds are, I mean, you've done it, you're sitting in here and, and one minute like you're engaged and you're listening to me, that kind of stuff, then squirrel. <laughs> or something pops in, did I, did I leave the oven on this morning? Did I? Did I? Amen. And then like there's so many things out there, right? I mean, it's crazy. Like your, your, your mind is naturally drifting toward it and you constantly have to be it's not set it and forget it like if we're going to have the right perspective then we have to correct our mindset and that means we have to constantly be correcting our mindset because it tends to shift and drift from the things of God and we have to consciously make that decision to set our minds and set our minds and set our minds and we can't have the right perspective unless we make the decision to have the right mind set our minds set on the right things will produce the right perspective and allow us to live in the right pattern that brings the change in and through us that God desires for us. But here's the thing. To correct your mindset, you're going to have to control what you consume. To correct your mindset, you're going to have to control what you consume. See, I'm, I'm challenging you to take control of your thoughts. And some of you are like, oh, man, I can't help what I think. Like, it just, it just pops in there. Like, I can't, I can't control my thoughts. Well, I'll challenge you with this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So like you're go- if you're going to have the right mindset, like you're going to have to take control of your mind. You're going to have to let, you have to take captive every single thought because the moment you have the wrong way of thinking, you have the potential to do the wrong way of living. You know, that, you've heard it said like there's not a single sin that has ever been committed by a single person on this planet that didn't begin as a thought. It might have been a short one, but it began as a, but here's another thing. I don't think there's ever been anything powerfully good done in our world that didn't also begin as a thought. Take captive every thought. If you want to correct your mindset, you're going to have to control what you consume. 
Because the reality is you are constantly surrounded by and bombarded with things that are attempting to warp the way that you think. Your mind is the devil's playground. If he can get in your head, he's got you. If he can mess with the way that you think, it will eventually come out in the way that you live. You have to control what you consume. That means you're going to have to be a lot more conscious of what you're allowing yourself to be exposed to. And we are in a culture where we constantly have access to everything. Isn't it crazy? I mean, at your disposal at any moment is something for you to see, read, watch, listen to that has the potential to shape the way that you think. You can just pull it right out of your pocket, and there it is. And you can watch news stories and read blogs and articles and social media. And, 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 and see, I know I'm going to sound like your grandpa, but that stuff is impacting the way that you think and changing the way that you live. What you're, what you're exposing your, and you say, I'm stronger than that. No, you're not. None of us are. You can't constantly expose yourself to all the wrong things and expect the right things to come out of your life. I know if you've been around vintage, you've heard me say this analogy probably till you're ready to throw up. But your brain is a sponge. And, and, and sponges don't determine what they absorb and what they don't. Whatever they come in contact with, they soak up. And that is you. Whatever you're exposing yourself, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, you're absorbing it all, good, bad, and indifferent. And you know a sponge, it's just a reality. If you dip a sponge in dirty water, when you wring it, clean water ain't coming out. And it's the same way with you. If you're constantly exposing yourself to things that aren't God-honoring, that aren't moving you towards God's purposes, if they're not in line with what God's Word teaches, then you know what? That's what's going to come out of you. And I know you, well, I can watch those kind of movies and it doesn't bother me. I'll listen to it just for the beat. <laughs> you're kidding yourself. And the enemy's sitting back thinking, I'm glad you're buying that lie. Because God's Word says the exact opposite. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full, will be full of light. But guess what? You know what Jesus is trying to say? That what you allow into your senses is affecting what's coming out of your life. What you are watching, what you see, what you hear, like that stuff is impacting you. And it's, cha and it's changing the way that you think. So it's setting your mind in a certain way and shaping a perspective that's leading to a pattern. And the reason why you can't break the pattern, if you trace it all the way back, is because you're not doing a good enough job at controlling what you're consuming. And the wrong things are going in. And what about this? Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. Blessed, are those who walk, who, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. In other words, you know what? Like, blessed is the one who allows the word of God to be absorbed into their spirit constantly. 
I love Proverbs chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. It says, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? In other words, what he's trying to say is, can you constantly expose yourself to things that aren't good, things that are negative, things that aren't helpful to you, and it not impact your life? No, you can't. So let me ask you a question. What are you allowing yourself to consume that's going to have to change if you're going to have the correct mindset so that you can live with the proper perspective and follow the pattern that leads to true life? Because if, if the way that we think is key to all this we're talking about, the way that we change the way that we think is we change what we consume. And how much of your life is spent consuming stuff that just isn't beneficial? Paul would write in Corinthians twice, everything is beneficial, I mean, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. That just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Just because it's out there doesn't mean you should consume it. That like if you want this year to be different, if you want something to change, if you want your life to be different, guess where it starts? Right here between your ears and changing the way that you think. I want this year to be the best year of your life. I want you to achieve those God-ordained goals that he's put in your heart. And I do believe it will take the right routine. But your, whether or not you commit to the routine and you work the routine will be dependent on your perspective. So it all begins with how you think. So you really want to change the way your, where your life is going? you you got to change the way you think. And you know what I find interesting is Paul even addresses probably the most important subject about which we think in the very next verse. Look at it. So after he says, don't conform any longer to the power of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he says this, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. So it's interesting that Paul says don't conform and the key to not conforming is changing the way that you think. And the next thing that he addresses about the subject of, of thinking is you. He says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself with sober judgment. And maybe the thing that's holding you back most is not what you think about your job or what you think about your spouse or what you think about your, your finances or what you think about. All. Maybe what's holding you back is what you think about you. So I think that what you think about God is really important. I think what you think God thinks about you may be just as much so. What do you think about you? Because see, maybe what's holding you back is the way you think about you. He says, don't think more highly than you ought. But then he says, think with sober judgment. And see, so many of us, we, go to one, to, we think salvation is going from one extreme to the other. It's thinking all about me, and I'm the greatest thing in the world, and I'm my own God, thinking I'm just nothing, I'm dirty, I'm awful, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. And that is not what God wants for your life. Do you hear me, church? Like, God wants you to see you the way he sees you. In salvation, you got adopted as a son of God, a daughter of God. And that unlocks all kinds of potential in your life. You went from a slave to sin to freedom and righteousness. 
Listen to me, everybody eyes on me. You will never live like a son if you're still thinking like a slave. You will never live like a son if you're still thinking like a slave. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stand with me. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Now's the most important time of service. It is every week. The word of God has been brought forth and now it's laying on your heart and bouncing around in your mind. And right now, in this moment, before you get out of this room and you get bombarded by life and you get moving on with your day, right here is when you, you need to, you get to do some work. That's why we create a space, a time of worship following every sermon is because we want you to wrestle with what you've just heard. So will you do that today? The band's going to lead us. We're going to worship. And we just wrestle with that. You got to change the way you think. Are you thinking the right way? Are you thinking the way that God, are you thinking, is your mind set on the spirit or is it governed by the flesh? Are there things in your life that you're consuming that are warping, killing your ability and your chance to think the way that God wants you to think? because you're just exposing yourself to the wrong things and it's time to make some changes and cut some stuff out so that you can be freed up to think the way God wants you to think. I don't know what you need to do, what kind of decisions you need to make. We're going to worship. If you need to come and kneel around the altar and pray, grab a friend, grab a family member or something like that, but let's take some time to do work. Father, I pray that right now that as you minister to us through singing this song and lifting up worship once again, that you would help us to not be in a hurry to get out of this room but to process what we've heard today from your word and allow it to sink deep in our hearts. And may we have the courage to make the adjustments and the changes that we need to in order to live the way you've called us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.